Hey there, friend, and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon, and this is the last day, the 31st day of an Anchored Wives Psalm 119 prayer. This has been such a great journey, a long journey, well longer than 31 days, but I'm just so grateful in having gone through the process and that the Lord is glorified. And for those who have even prayed one day, I just, I pray that it was more about you drawing to the Lord, you in your personal time to the Lord, to trust and believe him in your marriage, in your walk in this season, and then to be praying for the heart of your husband. Even as I think about my own marriage, I catch myself too often complaining about my husband or saying he didn't do this or very critical and not believing the best. And even when you're in situations that are so bad that you really can't believe the best, just believing in the Lord. And believing the best that the Lord can do the best with something that's not the best, that he has this power and he's a mighty God and he's able to do all things. If you start listening to the lies of the, of the world, our own self, like what, what we tell our own selves in our head, to be very careful that we're not exchanging that, filtering that through the word of God first. So that has been my prayer. And I truly pray that it has blessed you. It's encouraged you. It's equipped you. So I'm going to read the last part of Psalm 119. And that's verses 172 through 176. My tongue sings about your promise for your, for all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, Lord, and your instruction is my delight. Let me live and I will praise you. May your judgments help me. I wander like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commands. What a beautiful psalm. And even just in that last verse, he really finished on a theme of, of the whole, all 176 verses. I wander, but now I'm not. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Right, it's just this constant thing. This compare and contrast. Life, death, blessings, curses. My way, God's way. I wonder how much of this rigmarole we have to do, friends, before we're going to really see that the Lord's way is the best way, even when we don't understand. And I'm not saying like that's easy. I'm saying we because I'm part of that. <laughs> I wanted to turn to, to John um, 10, 10. And even when it's the hardest to do, and this is really a, a good practice to do, not just with your husband, but people in general, especially if you have one particular person who um, irritates you or if there's just a general enemy that you have. Not trying to butter up a bad situation or a bad relationship, but for the purposes of your heart to be free and not to be embittered 
not to be stuck in unforgiveness because that's a sin. So we don't want someone else's sin to lead us to sin. We want to still have, you know, freedom in Christ. And remember that we ourselves are going to stand before God and be held accountable to what we're doing and saying. And we have the blood of Jesus as our cover. But to be fruitful here on earth, we want to make sure that we're walking in, in forgiveness as hard as that is, as hard as that is. So it's a good habit to pray for your enemies, as as Jesus says. And I believe that he is is God and, and knows all. But he really does know that we will sit here with a sour taste in our mouth about somebody or or in our in our marriage. And it almost just breeds more and just then you just find every bit of a problem. Instead of, you know, just Lord, this is this is a situation. This is how I feel. This is a disappointment. This is a failure. Like, you know, giving it to him. He already knows the situation anyways within your marriages or But then saying, but Lord, this is still your child. Like you still died and hung on a cross for this person. So even though I don't like this person or I'm disappointed or I'm frustrated with this person, Lord, this is still someone you died for. And framing it like that, again, it doesn't, um, it doesn't change the reality, but it does free up your heart. So I wanted to read in John 10, the just a couple of verses where you know I think I'm gonna start in twenty seven. So John ten twenty seven. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. <laughs> Sometimes I'll hear, l- listen to different podcasts or just hear different conversations. And recently at um, one of my jobs, I heard someone say, you know, I do God, but I don't do Jesus. And I thought about it and it really broke my heart because I'm like, how do you separate them? You know, and Jesus just even said here, I and the Father are one. So there is no separation in, in earlier in verse, you know, Jesus, he parallels himself to, to the gate. He's the way. Jesus, and this is verse seven. Jesus said again, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. So we're the sheep. We're the lost sheep. As Psalm 119 um, verse 176 said, we're the lost sheep. We're in need of a shepherd. And Jesus is that good shepherd. He parallels himself, just like how you think about Psalm was doing this parallel, compare contrast to our way, God's way. Um, our appearance of knowledge, which is flawed, and God's true wisdom. Well, Jesus is paralleling himself with the enemy and, and helping, and, and, and all of that is, is done on the basis of the enemy's leading the sheep or I'm leading the sheep, like you, because you're a sheep, but who's a shepherd? So I really was, as I was praying, I was, I pray you assess in your quiet time, who is your shepherd? Who is the shepherd of your husband? And it's a valid answer if it's, I am. Like, I'm leading myself. And unfortunately, though, friend, behind that is still, like, like we can't lead ourselves. There's no sheep that can tend to itself. 
So we're still influenced, therefore, by the enemy. And again, it's, I've said it where we can't, well, I didn't say it, but in Galatians 5, about the living for the flesh or the spirit. So the thing about being a disciple, a wife who is a disciple, an anchored wife, to me, that title was because you live this lifestyle of discipleship. It's not a one and done. It's not, oh, this is cute on Sunday, or this is a t-shirt, or this is a necklace. This is your lifestyle. There's like, just like how you would have to, if you like think about like, you don't want to wear sister locks anymore or dreads in your hair, you would have to cut it out. Well, I believe you do. I think, I think depending on how far you are into the process, but just, just, just go with me, (laughs) but you have to cut it off in order to separate you from that. So in order, so think of the same thing that this is not like somebody's going to really literally like put you into surgery to take Jesus out you. I want you to be so connected with him, so close to him. Like all of your words are filtered through this book that, and even as you say something or act something out that isn't of this book, that you, that the Holy, you allow, you allow the Holy Spirit because you're teachable. You allow the Holy Spirit to correct you. It's not condemnation, it's correction. There's a difference. And his correction is to refine us. It's so that we are growing every single day to look like Jesus. So in order to have this byproduct of an amazing marriage, a great marriage, to go from horrible to bad to bad to good and and good to great, in order to have this byproduct of the marriage that I'm sure walked you down that aisle, I'm pretty sure no one got married wishing the best or wishing the worst. They, they wanted the best for their marriage. Well, you need an anchor because there's no way to shepherd that, to create that product without Jesus Christ. There's just no way. In spite of, I don't care if you go to therapy five days of the seven. I don't care if you have this amazing sex schedule and you guys have date multiple date nights every week if you even air quote go to church but if this if we're not ingesting this and if this is not our lifestyle then we're gonna run into a problem so I want and I know you want a friend where you want your marriage to be great And although we can't control our husbands, we can pray for them. And although there may not be a change, we're going to believe for it. So let's go to the source. Let's be with the source and believe the source. And then we ourselves be transformed from the inside out as well. Jesus says in in, uh, verse 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life. For the sheep. Jesus has laid down his life for you. And not just for you to have this great marriage, but because he loves you. And I know that gets sometimes lost, especially the men, you know, if you've been married for many years, 
but Jesus loves you. Even if you don't feel seen in this marriage, Jesus loves you. He has laid down his life for you. He knows you. He sees you. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. That is such a great send off of this anchored wives prayer. My sheep know me. That's really the heart of the psalm. That you know that there is no other shepherd, good shepherd, there's some others with a lower S, but the good shepherd, capital S, is where we want to be. It's where we want to be surrendered. So we want it's where and how we want to live live our marriages. As imperfect as they will be, we're gonna live them surrendered. And I pray that you still run your marriage with fuel that you cultivate in your secret life, with your time with God. Not the tendency to turn to our husbands to look for our cup to be filled from them, but that being the outpouring, the after effect, the byproduct of our time with the Lord. So that then in the times or the seasons that the marriage is not fulfilling, you're still full. You can still give. It doesn't feel so burdensome that he's asked you to make a cup of coffee. Because he don't ever make my cup of coffee. Right? So um, I want to pray. And I'm just so thankful, friend, that you have joined the podcast today. Lord, thank you so much for every wife represented, every husband represented, God, every household. God, you know the state of each one of them. And I thank you so, so much, Father God for just being such a mighty God, El Gabor. Adonai, Lord, we love you so much. You truly are a good shepherd, and we're so thankful that we have you to lead us out of the darkness and into the light. Lord, may you be glorified in each one of these marriages, in each one of these people's lives. God, for the husbands who are lost, the lost sheep, Lord, I pray that you reveal your power, your glory, your might to them, and that they transform from the inside out. For every wife, Father God, I pray that she be anchored and live this life connected to you, dependent in you. In Jesus' name, amen.